Hello, my rebels. Today is a big show. It's a crazy show. We were just banned from access to the Alberta legislature, but you will never believe who banned us. I'm going to take you through the story step by step. It's, it's a lot in there, so uh, I make reference to some documents which uh, we put on a website. I want to encourage you to become a premium subscriber. Normally I say, well, do it for the video footage, because that's really what the premium subscription gets you. You get to see the video version of this podcast, and that's, that remains. But in this case, we just plain old need the dough, because we're fighting against a giant competitor that yesterday made moves to silence us. And they take huge government money. We don't take a dime. So one of the ways you can support us is becoming a premium subscriber. Go to rebelnews.com and just click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year. Guys, we actually need the help, so please consider it. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, we've been banned from Alberta's press gallery again. You'll be shocked who did it to us this time. It's July 28, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Ezra. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government will buy publishing is because it's my bloody right to do so. A terrible thing happened to us yesterday. Our reporters Sheila Gunn-Reed and Kean Bexty were banned from the Alberta Legislature Press Gallery. Banned like we're in Iran or China or something instead of in Canada. I'll show you the letter that we received in a moment. You can see it at letusreport.com. But let me promise you this, we are fighting back. As God is my witness, we will fight this forever if we have to. Freedom of the press is at stake. And that's why I'm making this video. I want to show you what happened, show you who did it to us, which is really weird, tell you how we're fighting back, and most importantly, I need to ask you for help. I have to, because unlike 99% of journalists in Canada, we don't take money from Justin Trudeau's media bailout. We rely 100% on viewers like you. That's why we can be independent. That's why we were banned. You might remember this happened to us once before back in 2016. Rachel Notley ordered an armed sheriff to kick out our chief reporter, Sheila Gunn-Reed. What a bully Rachel Notley was. She was furious because Sheila wrote a best-selling book exposing the NDP called The Destroyer. So this was Notley's attempt at revenge. Now, Notley's ban was universally denounced. Remember, that was before newspapers started to take money from Trudeau, so they were still somewhat independent back then. Here's the National Post at the time calling Notley's move a stupid decision and, quote, totally and inexcusably idiotic. <laughs> After taking a beating from newspapers like the National Post, Notley finally backed down and let Sheila back in. But the National Post has changed a lot in the last five years. It's lost many of its best writers. It's not the same anymore. It's thinner than ever, and, and much of what they print is just cheap wire copy stories written by liberal journalists at other newspapers. Post Media now takes $140,000 each week from Justin Trudeau's media bailout. It's actually the largest recipient in Canada. National Post staff are actually trying to join the far-left Unifor Journalists Union, the one that uses union dues to campaign against conservatives. It's a shadow of the National Post where I used to work 20 years ago. 
Just last month, 30 National Post reporters signed a letter saying that their star columnist, Rex Murphy, should never have been allowed to write that Canada isn't inherently racist. Seriously, other than Rex Murphy and Conrad Black, there's not much difference between the Post and the Toronto Star anymore. And I tell you this because you're not going to believe this. The decision to ban us yesterday was made by the National Post. I'm serious. Here's the two-line letter they sent our lawyers banning Sheila and Kean. I'll read you the whole thing. It's sent from a National Post email during office hours by a National Post employee signing it as a National Post employee. Let me read it. From Tyler Dawson, tdawson at postmedia.com, to Michael Swanberg and Kelly Clark. Those are our Edmonton lawyers. Subject, application by Sheila Gunn-Reed and Kean Bexty to join the Alberta Legislature Press Gallery. Good morning. I have been elected as president of the Alberta Legislature Press Gallery Association as of our annual general meeting this morning. I'm writing to inform you that the gallery has voted to reject the applications of Sheila Gunn-Reed and Kean Bexty of the Rebel News Network Limited for membership to the Alberta Legislature Press Gallery Association. Take care. Tyler Dawson, Alberta correspondent, National Post. <laughs> Here's Tyler Dawson. He's exactly what I'd expect him to look like. He was one of the National Post leftists who signed that letter demanding that Rex Murphy not be allowed to write conservative things. Now he's trying to censor us. You can read his letter for yourself at LetUsReport.com. In fact, can I recommend you click on over to LetUsReport.com? Because this story has actually been percolating for a month. There have been a lot of lawyers' letters going back and forth behind the scenes before now. We didn't publicize this because we didn't want to make a fuss. We just wanted access to the public legislature to do our jobs as journalists. I, I don't know what the National Post has to do with that. We didn't want to fight with them. We just wanted to report on the politicians there. But as you can see, we won't be allowed to because the National Post says so. See, the Legislature Press Gallery controls who has access. Now, it's, it's tiny, this press gallery. So many reporters have been laid off. So the press gallery is now dominated by Post Media because they own most of the newspapers in Canada. There used to be a few competing newspaper chains, but then Post Media bought out the Sun Media change, chain in a huge anti-competitive merger. So Post Media actually owns all the big daily newspapers in Alberta. The Calgary Herald and the Calgary Sun. The Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun. They also own the National Post. They have the five biggest papers in Alberta. And they just decided to keep us out. They don't want the competition, which is funny because when Post Media bought out Sun Media in the merger, giving them both newspapers in Calgary and Alberta, uh, Calgary and Edmonton, um, Post Media told the Federal Competition Bureau that they would protect competition and diversity for readers. In fact, the Competition Bureau had a five-month investigation into the subject, and Post Media swore on a stack of Bibles that they would never act in anti-competitive ways. <laughs> well, they lied. Here's the official Competition Bureau ruling. Let me quote. Based on an extensive five-month review, the Bureau has determined that the proposed transaction is unlikely to result in a substantial lessening or prevention of competition in any relevant market. <laughs> Yeah, and they actually cite a few reasons for this, including existing competition from free local daily newspapers and 
the increasing competitive pressures from digital alternatives in an evolving media marketplace. Well, all those free local daily newspapers in Alberta, they've shut down, all of them. And increasing competition from digital alternatives, yeah, that's us. And they just banned us. The increasingly left-wing, increasingly pro-censorship post-media just banned us, their only real competition in Alberta. You'll notice in the letter from post-media, they don't tell us why they banned us. They gave us no reasons. They didn't let us attend any hearing on the subject. They don't have any appeal process. And that guy who made the decision, the president of this tiny little censorship club, there's only about a dozen members in it. Tyler Dawson, well, he has a long-running vendetta against us. He hates us. He can't control his hatred for us. The, the National Post has allowed him to publish his malicious comments about us for years. Now, that's all fine. I mean, whatever floats your boat at the new National Post. But like a biased judge, he should have recused himself from the decision to ban or accredit us, and he didn't. I mean, look at this, just, just for a few samples. Look at this one. Ezra is a hugely fringe figure. All right. Rebel News are jackasses. All right. Holy shit, this is among the most god-awful thing I've seen from the rebel in a while. Or this one. Laugh out loud at the rebel. Or this one. Jesus Christ, reading the retweeted by the rebel wave of lunatics in my mentions. He's not shy about swearing. Here's a, here's a shot at Kean. Laugh out loud, the trenchant analysis we all expect from the kid at the rebel. <laughs> and my favorite, Ezra continues his ceaseless campaign to be the biggest prick in Canadian media. <laughs> he was in that tweet, he was defending the CBC and, and Justin Trudeau. Now, I should tell you, I don't really mind any of these tweets. They're a bit mean, but hey, I dish it out so I can take it. I, I think you can see it's not the same National Post that Conrad Black built 20 years ago, and you can tell why they want to fire Rex Murphy and join Unifor if this is who runs the post now. You can tell just by reading them that they're a left-wing newspaper now with a handful of exceptions. It's not your father's National Post. But I'm actually not mad at these tweets. I don't care. All I'm saying is how can someone who has had a five-year vocal feud against us, and he, and he singles out Keen in particular, how can he then pretend to sit in judgment of us and Keen in particular, like he's some sort of neutral arbiter of who can or can't join the press gallery and get access to the legislature. I mean, why should we have to depend on our hateful competitor for the right to walk into the legislature building to cover what the premier says, what the opposition says? It's not post-media's legislature. Our rights are given to us or enshrined in the Constitution. They belong to everyone, actually. Our press pass, the only press pass we need, is Section 2B of the Charter. Let me read it for you. I don't know if they ever read it at the National Post. Everyone has the following fundamental freedoms. And B, 2B, is freedom of thought, belief, opinion and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication. Yeah, I don't actually need Tyler Dawson's permission or the National Post's permission. And they don't need mine. But imagine a guy who hates us so badly actually having the power to deny us the ability to do our job. Post media lied to the Competition Bureau when they said they weren't a threat to competition. They personally blocked us out of spite and rivalry. 
I can see why. I, I mean, I really don't know much about Tyler Dawson. I bet today is the first time you've ever heard his name either. Um, I Googled him, and I actually couldn't believe what I saw. Look at this. Check this out. Here's just some videos I found of him when I Googled him. He's talking about uh, the news on YouTube. That's what we do over here at Rebel. Uh, but, but this video here, uh, it doesn't even have 25 views on it. Look at that view count. Just, just nobody. Here's one he did with, with about 10 views. Here's something he did for the Ottawa Citizen. That's a pretty big newspaper. How do you do a video on YouTube that gets, you know, 10, 15, 20 views? How do you do that? And this is the guy keeping out Sheila and Kean. You remember when Kean did a story about Black Lives Matter going to the Alberta town of Innisfail just, just a month ago? Well, look at the view count on that video by Kean. One million views. Just crossed the one million view mark this week. Imagine some obscure leftist reporter who can only get 10 or 20 people to watch his stuff telling our reporters who get a million views on a single story that they're not allowed to walk into a public building to ask questions of public officials. And what gets me is that this is all being done with the knowledge and approval of Post Media. Every one of his Twitter comments was on an, a certified, verified National Post Twitter account. Again, I haven't made a, a fuss about this stuff in, in public. I don't know if I told you, but last year we sent Kean to Winnipeg to do a great story about a young woman who didn't want to have to wear some rainbow poppy on Remembrance Day. So Kean flew to Winnipeg. We paid a lot of money. He flew to Winnipeg and Kean took this great photo and he did a, a great story, got thousands of views, but then Post Media just stole his from just took it and used it without asking and they sold ads on Kean's photo. I'm serious. So I got so mad at Post Media, I wrote them a scorching email and I sent them an invoice for the photograph because they stole it and they used it. They never paid. Seriously, the biggest, richest newspaper company in Canada, Post Media, stole Kean's photo, didn't give him credit for it, and didn't pay for it. And then incredibly, even after I wrote them a scorching letter, they did it again, even worse. Again with Kean, we flew Kean to Vancouver to cover one of the trials of that character, Jonathan Yaniv. And Yaniv saw Kean and ran up to him and attacked him. It was madness. Kean filmed it, as you can see. Well, get this, Post Media saw that great video and they illegally downloaded it, stripped off our brand from it, re-uploaded it to their own YouTube page, put on their own post-media branding, and then put ads on it to sell and profit from. Even after that Winnipeg fiasco, so I invoiced them again, and they didn't pay. They were doing this again and again, so, so I sued them in small claims court. I, I mean, we're a little bit sick of a mo monopolistic mega company that takes $140,000 a week from taxpayers just stealing our stuff. You can see the whole lawsuit on our website, letusreport.com. We actually filed that lawsuit against them actually exactly six months ago. And they haven't even bothered to file a statement of defense. They think they're above the law. They think they're better than us. Actually, they don't because they steal our work and pass it off as their own. They're not better than us. Tyler Dawson is some loser who literally gets a dozen people to look at his stuff. And he calls us potty mouth names on Twitter. But he's part of Trudeau's team now. He's on the Trudeau payroll now. 
as is the whole National Post and all the Post media. And he wants to join the Trudeau Union now. So, of course, he's going to want to ban us from the Alberta Press Gallery. We're the last independent folks out there. So I'm here to say, no, not today. No, we're fighting back. Here's how. First, our Alberta-based lawyers have written directly to the Speaker of the Alberta Legislature, and uh, we've also sent the letter to the Minister of Infrastructure there. Those two elected officials are actually in control of the legislature, not some left-wing journalist with a potty mouth. So we're asking the Speaker to recognize that the current left-wing post-media-controlled Trudeau press gallery in Edmonton, that they're negligent in their duties, and that the Speaker of the Legislature should just recognize the independent press gallery, you know, the one that Candace Malcolm founded. And we're already a member of the independent press gallery. So here's a key paragraph uh, from our lawyer's letter to the Speaker of the Legislature today. You can read the whole thing at lettucereport.com. It's too long to read in whole now. But let me just read one paragraph. To resolve this situation, we propose that the independent press gallery of Canada be given the same recognition and standing as the press gallery in Alberta. As noted above, the Independent Press Gallery is an association of journalists whose members agree to adhere to journalistic standards and practices, and Rebel News journalists are members of this organization. Members of the Independent Press Gallery who regularly report on Alberta politics ought to be given the same access and privileges afforded to the traditional press gallery. Now, I have some reason to be optimistic. Here's the Minister of Infrastructure answering a question about this just a few weeks ago. Uh, we've been told by the Speaker's office that it's under your purview, actually, as Minister of Infrastructure. Uh, they, the press gallery operates at your pleasure, basically, because they take up your office space. Uh, I'm wondering if you would support the idea of actually allowing uh, or forcing the press gallery to uh, respond to our demands to join it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I had to catch up on that, but uh, I would be open, I think. Uh, it, it should uh, it should be open for all points of view. Now, just a second question. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you're aware the independent press gallery was just created by Candace Malcolm. She's currently the president of it, and it's open to left-wing, right-wing folks, everyone uh, who doesn't take government bailouts. That's the only stipulation outside of other general journalistic practices. Um, would you be open to allowing them specific access to these office spaces I and it is uh, self-regulating and uh, as far as Alberta is concerned my personal opinion I think we should uh, respect the diversity of all of Alberta and we should be open for uh, different opinions that's my view would that include allowing the independent press gallery office space and access to the legislature and the proceedings within it as I said, I'm open for it, but I had to look into that and I know they are self-regulating, but from my point of view, based on what uh, beliefs I have, uh, having run for Wild Rose, I'm open for all, okay. all points of view. So hopefully the post-media-controlled press gallery will just be replaced by a real press gallery that actually, you know, respects freedom of the press. I should tell you, there's a whole other story here, too, um, of the post-media press gallery in the, uh, the legislature colluding with the NDP to get a security guard to throw Kean off the property a few weeks ago. We got a bunch of lawyers' letters on that craziness. I haven't published them yet, but I've decided to put them up on that same website, letusreport.com. If you want to see how the post-media press gallery literally told security guards at the legislature that we were not journalists, so we should be thrown out, 
and they did this in collaboration with Rachel Notley's NDP, it's all there. This is Iran-style stuff. This is China-style stuff. I'm serious. If you're a subscriber to the National Post, can I ask why? Is it because 10 or 20 years ago they were conservative? Now they're literally banning journalists, actually telling security guards to throw us off the legislature. Now the National Post, they're the cancel culture people. So maybe the Alberta Speaker of the Legislature will let us in. Maybe not. I don't know. It still doesn't fix the big problem here. The active collusion by our competitors to cancel us, deplatform us, limit the number of reporters allowed, not just for us, but for anyone. That's a monopoly problem. It's a government problem, really, since the government approved one company buying up all the other newspapers in Canada. So that's the next letter I want to show you here. This is from our Toronto lawyers. There's a lot of lawyers involved here. And it's based on the Competition Act of Canada. Can I read three paragraphs of it to you? I know that's a lot, but it sums up our legal case that we have launched today against the National Post. Let me read the whole letter. I mean, you, I won't read the whole You can read the whole letter at lettucereport.com. But look at this. By the way, I just want to explain two things. ALPGA stands for Alberta Legislature Press Gallery Association. And when we say the word denial, we mean them denying our access to the legislature. Okay, here's from the letter. The ALPGA's denial of membership to Rebel News serves to demonstrate the anti-competitive nature and practices of Post Media and the ALPGA in particular, their efforts to prevent or lessen competition in Alberta's media landscape, as was the concern of the Competition Bureau upon Post Media's acquisition of Quebec or Media Inc.'s English language newspapers. And despite Post Media's claims to the contrary at the time, it appears from the above noted conduct that this transaction resulted in a substantial lessening or prevention of competition in the media market. Our clients are hereby seeking an immediate reversal of the denial by the ALPGA, failing which we have instructions to commence formal proceedings against post media pursuant to the Competition Act, and then just some legal details, 1985, chapter 34, which regulates anti-competitive business practices in Canada. In the interim, we trust Post Media will preserve all records for the purpose of these proceedings, including but not limited to internal correspondence, the grounds for the denial, the rules and bylaws applicable to such decisions, and the list of members that made the decision. In addition, we understand that you have publicly declared your personal animus towards Rebel News and trust that you will preserve all public statements, including tweets, referring to our clients and confirm whether you and or other members recused themselves from the vote to deny Rebel News membership in relation thereto. Yeah, hey, um, Tyler, we've taken screenshots of all your nasty, bad faith tweets, but don't delete your nasty internal emails about us either, okay? Judges don't like it when you do that. That's destroying evidence, so don't do that. Look, I still like Rex Murphy and Conrad Black. And there are one or two others in the National Post I still read. Terry Corcoran. Barbara Kay was pushed out just the other day. I've encouraged her and I've encouraged the Post to get her back. But look, true conservatives like Barbara Kay are being attacked daily from the inside by the Tyler Dawsons of the National Post. Which brings me back to my next point. Why are you still subscribing to the National Post? 
Is it because you liked the paper back in 1998? Or maybe you liked it in 2008? When was the last time it was truly conservative? It bashes Donald Trump just like the CBC all the time. It now officially believes in the theory of man-made global warming. It publicly humiliated Rex Murphy just a few weeks ago. You know, back in the day, they published more than 100 columns of thoughtful, critical commentary about radical Islam from Dr. Daniel Pipes. Now they've banned him from the newspaper and call him an Islamophobe. That's what they call you. Look, the National Post is sold out for whatever reason. I'm guessing it's the free money from Trudeau. So can I ask you again, why do you still subscribe? to it? Is it just out of habit? Or is it maybe because they have your credit card number on file and it's just too much of a hassle to cancel? Well, how about the fact that the National Post has been stealing our photos and videos for nearly a year, smashing us and bashing us in public wherever they can. They, they wrote this huge piece demonizing us, but they steal our stuff and won't pay for it. And now they've just moved from simply being mean to us to literally deplatforming us, banning us, censoring us. The National Post and their Edmonton representative writing on a National Post stationery, Tyler Dawson, just banned us from doing our job. Just banned us. With no reason or explanation, no appeal that we can take, nothing other than his hatred. If you're a National Post subscriber, they're taking your money to pay Tyler Dawson and the other 30 journalists at the National Post who called for Rex Murphy to be banned, and they just decided uh, yesterday that they want to destroy us, Rebel News, they just decided. How about take your money back? When they deplatform Sheila and Kean, when they ban us, they're, they're really banning you. They hate Sheila, how's that even possible? She's so nice. They hate Kean because he's so tough on liberals, and they hate me, of course. But you know that means they hate you too, right? Do me a favor, cut them off. They want to cancel you? Well, cancel them. I don't mean ban them. I mean, if you're a subscriber of the National Post, cancel your subscription. I, I know it's a habit. Well, start a new habit somewhere else that doesn't hate you. I'm going to try and convince my dad. He was a day one subscriber since 1998, 22 years. I'm going to try and convince him to, to quit. Because they're using his money to attack me and us and my dad. So give the National Post a call during business hours at 416-383-2500. Now, when you call through, they'll give you some automated options. Uh, it's not a real person that answers right away. But canceling is not one of those options. They're tricky that way, aren't they? You have to press zero and speak to a real live attendant. Now be polite. Remember that the blue collar person answering your phone call is not a left wing journalist. It's just a working stiff who has nothing to do with the cancel culture that's taken over the journalism of the paper. So please be friendly to the person you get on the phone. It's not their fault. But cancel your subscription and tell them why. Call them up during office hours at 416 383-2500. If you forget that phone number, it's at letusreport.com. Now, one or two cancellations won't make a difference. Ten people canceling and explaining why? That'll be noted and told to the bosses. If a hundred people cancel, well, that's starting to be a problem for them. 
What if 1,000 people canceled their National Post subscriptions? Then that's a real problem, isn't it? If I'm reading this right, the National Post actually charges $26 a month to read their ever thinner, ever more liberal newspaper. That's more than $300 a year. I'm shocked that anyone would pay that, but I guess if they take it off your credit card automatically, you sort of forget. How about cancel and put that money back in your pocket? You could even subscribe to our premium content, which is just $80 a year, and it's actually conservative. But it's really about telling the National Post that they can't take you for granted anymore. They claim to be for free speech, sort of, but they just banned us. If a thousand rebels who are subscribers to the National Post cancel, my math says that's actually $300,000 out of their pockets. They'll pay attention. Now, don't worry. They'll, they'll be fine. Like I say, they still get $140,000 per week from their boss, Justin Trudeau, and it shows. Go to LetUsReport.com. You can read all the documents I've referred to here today, plus a bunch more. We've spent you know, speaking of money, we've spent about $30,000 fighting with this Alberta Press Gallery all summer, and the Competition Bureau complaint will surely cost us even more. If you can help chip into our fight, I'd sure appreciate it. Post Media is spending Trudeau's bailout money on lawyers. We can't. We have to crowdfund it ourselves. Maybe do this. Maybe call the Post to cancel your subscription and just take one month's subscription fee, 26 bucks and donate it to our LetUsReport.com legal fund. I'm doing this because Sheila and Kean are great reporters, and it is outrageous that our competition, or anyone, can ban Sheila and Kean from going to the legislature. That's nuts. But I'm also doing this for you, our rebel viewers. And I'm even doing this in a roundabout way for that loser, potty mouth Tyler Dawson. Because the freedom of the press that we are fighting for is actually the freedom of the press he uses every day to earn his living as a journalist. I mean, look, no one reads his stuff, but still, I believe he should have the right to do it. Please go to LetUsReport.com. Read all the documents for yourself. And then phone up the National Post and cancel your subscription. And tell them why. Call 416-383-2500 during business hours to do that. And if you can, please help me pay for my free speech lawyers to hold them to account. Look, unlike the National Post, I don't take cash from Justin Trudeau. And it shows, don't you think? back. Well, it sure feels like the Clinton Foundation. Do you know what those were, eh? Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, they would launder hundreds of millions of dollars through a charity that somehow wound up in their own pockets. Uh, less than 10% of all the money to the Clinton Global Initiative actually went to charitable projects. The rest was hoovered up by them, their friends and family. Uh, looks like we have that in Canada, except for it's called We, or Me to We. It's the Kielberger brothers, Craig and Mark Kielberger, who know how to manipulate politicians. I got one word for you. Money. 
That's how. Paying massive speaking fees for politicians to come speak. That's not a speaking fee. Politicians speak for free. It's part of their job. Parliament means to speak. They love speaking to thousands of kids for free. When you're paying someone ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, it ain't a speaking fee. It's money laundering for a bribe, not just in the fees, but the fancy travel. And we have learned that we has paid over $300,000 to the close personal family of Justin Trudeau, and they only started after he became prime minister. Well, today, the Kielbergers were in front of the House of Commons, and they answered a few fairly well-put questions. We learned so much already. And joining me to go through a couple of clips is our friend, Kean Bexty, who has been heading up our WE coverage. Great to see you again, Kean. Hey, Ezra. You know, I want to remind folks that last week you rolled out something called Audit WE, A-U-D-I-T, Audit WE.com. Yeah. Uh, why don't you refresh uh, the memory of our viewers what Audit WE.com was about before we get into today's news? Yeah, so there's a series of infractions that um, the WE organization, the Kielberger conglomerate, um, these, these infractions range from um, money that goes to a real estate venture of theirs to them sort of speaking with politicians in ways that they really should be registered lobbyists. Um, there, there's about four main points to our document, a dossier that our lawyers have actually drafted, and we sent that document to the CRA so that they can look at it. Um, it, it has all of their infractions. Uh, and all of the footnotes and laws all connected to it. So the auditors don't have to really lift a finger, but uh, someone just did all their work for the months worth of m months worth of work that the auditors would have had to have done. Our lawyers did it for them. We want to make it as easy as possible so that we is actually audited so that those auditors you know open up the books, crack them open, and see exactly, what laws they broke, what charitable laws they broke uh, doing political activity um, so that they can be decertified. Really, that's the goal, yeah. uh, because no other charity would be given the amount of slack or power that the Kielbergers have, have gotten. Yeah, I think there's actually four different varieties of a legal complaint we have. Uh, support for political party, obviously, but also doing non-charitable things, acquiring massive amounts of real estate, self-dealing. It's all laid out there. I encourage people to go to auditwe.com. We also have a petition there. And last I checked, we had about 4,500 signatures demanding that the CRA audit. Okay, I think we're going to have to update that letter with some of the news out of Parliament Hill today. We have a couple yeah. of clips. Uh, let's watch a couple of them, and then I'd like your feedback on them afterwards. Uh, here, let's take a, uh, take a look at the first one now. Now, uh, when uh, your organization booked the Kenya and Ecuador trips, were they booked specifically as an accounts receivable? Uh, they, so we charities, similar to many other humanitarian organizations, invite prospective donors people who vet on behalf of companies and foundations to witness the development projects, what they do. So the answer to that is no? Correct. It was not an accounts receivable. Can, they are, it was uh, a complimentary trip, right? That's what your statement said. Am I, is that correct? It, sir, if I can just finish the statement. So it is to host individuals who have an interest to witness or development work on the ground. And to answer your question, it was seen in our mind as a complimentary hosting, given they were already in the country in Kenya and were coming in to simply stay with us. 
and in Ecuador to look at this from a development okay. lens. Thank you. So no, no, uh, no, no, no accounts receivable. So uh, did you hide to Mr. Morno the fact that the trip would be complimentary? The arrangements for the trip were entirely done through an invitation to Ms. McCain and entirely arranged uh, with her and, and her team. So I don't know whether there was a, any clarity or conversations that followed. Uh, in our mind, it was an invitation to a very prominent Canadian family, Ms. McCain, uh, who's very philanthropic and very beneficial. So uh, just to explain to our, our viewers, the reason why they're in different offices is because during the pandemic, Parliament refuses to sit as normal. So you have both the question askers, in this case, a Conservative MP named Michael Cooper, and the question answerers, the Kielbergers, uh, basically appearing via Zoom or Skype. Kian, what we learned there is that it was absolutely a gift. It was not a gift uh, that was, they expected to be repaid. It was not an accounts receivable. It was a complimentary luxury trip. I think he fibbed a bit when he said, oh, they were in Ecuador in Kenya anyways. Yeah, it, it didn't happen that way. Uh, but they got free luxury trips for Bill Morneau, the finance minister, who, surprise, was approving government cash to them. They pretty much admitted it there, didn't they? Yeah, so they were under oath there, Ezra. So they, they were obligated to answer truthfully, something that they wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, and just for background on this, this was the trip where uh, Bill Morneau owed uh, over $40,000 to the WE charity because if he didn't technically owe that money to them, uh, he would have been in contravention of a bunch of ethics rules that ministers are are obligated to follow. You're not allowed to accept gifts over a certain amount, blah, blah, blah. Not allowed to accept travel. You know the, you know the drill. Uh, so he said just before, the day before he testified, Bill Morneau paid back a bunch of expenses that he just happened to find. Uh, so we were being led to believe that this was something that he owed and it was his own personal financial mistake that he didn't pay it back. Now that the Kielberger brothers are testifying, well, who's lying here? Um, the Kielberger brothers say that it was complimentary. They never expected that money back in the first place, which means they gave him that benefit, that package, that travel, that luxury. As he was Minister of Finance, they just gave it to him, which is in contravention of those laws. So this is a huge deal. Yeah. Another little fib there. You, you heard him kept, kept saying McCain, McCain. Yep. That's Bill Morneau's wife's name. Uh, Craig Kielberger, a slippery little fish there. Um, he wouldn't say the name Morneau because... Obviously, he's trying to save his political pal, Bill Morneau. But, you know, he, he said McCain, McCain, McCain. Well, Mr. McCain, otherwise known as Bill Morneau, was the one who got the free trip. He's the mm -hmm. finance minister. So you can see that, that the Kielberger brothers are very oily, very weaselly. Even when they are telling the truth, they do so in the slickest way possible. I wouldn't answer the question head on called him Mr. McCain instead of Mr. Morneau. But I think you're right. They actually did answer the essence of it truthfully, which is they gave a free gift. Now, I don't think it's illegal to give a free gift. I think it's illegal for the politician to take the free gift. And there's a very special rule when it comes to travel. Uh, foreign countries love to give free travel to MPs all the time, but everyone knows that's a kind of a bribe, so it has to be disclosed. Taiwan, China, Israel, these are all countries that lobby Canadian MPs, so they have to disclose the gift and the amount of its value. Bill Morneau, crooked Bill Morneau, Mr. McCain, 
did not do so. I think, I think it's a fireable offense. Frankly, I think he should be charged criminally, but we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, of course, John, because the people that would be charging him criminally would be Brenda Lucky, who you know very well. Ezra is the hand-picked um, commissioner of the RCMP that has Justin Trudeau's back 100% of the time, whether it's on political operations in BC or whether uh, whether it's in whether it's in operational activity with you know lawbreaking in BC or whether it's political activity in Ottawa Brenda Lucky will never do anything that hurts Justin Trudeau or his friends yeah we know that from the SNC level I matter uh, let's play one more clip from Parliament today again it's hard to imagine this in a big parliamentary hearing room because it's not it's in little video conferences but the effect uh, was still there I think there's some bombshell news let's take a look at one more clip how much was she paid, uh, Miss Margaret Trudeau paid for speaking before November of 2015? So we uh, we uh, did not engage her before November of 2015, from my best understanding. Okay, so she was only ever paid um, after November of 2015. It was at that point, sir, where We Days continued to grow, and we needed somebody to speak specifically on the issue of mental health. And she came not as Madame Trudeau, she came as somebody who's very focused on that issue, something that's really relevant. If I'm not mistaken, one in five Canadians. One in five Canadians, and it's sure. part of what we and, do. We have the well-being and, and I, I think. You know, they've got that Trudeau style of evasiveness that, I, you know, there's some wonderful words, oleaginous is one of them. You can see the root in there, oleo, from oil. These oily brothers, they've got that Trudeau style, that Trudeau hair. They look at each other with that Trudeau gaze. But, and they've got that lying feeling to them. But I have to, I want to give these two liars credit. They told the truth about the essence of it. Like they tried to fudge, oh, did you know one in five Canadians has mental illness? Oh, did you know that we really need, shut up guys and answer the question. Did you ever pay Margaret Trudeau before her son was prime minister? You could, if you push aside all the, all the oil and all the weasel words, they actually did tell the truth. Give, give them credit for that. They never paid Margaret Trudeau until her son was prime minister. And I should point out that Margaret Trudeau herself, the biggest scammer of all in the family, well, actually that's Sophie Trudeau, um, Margaret Trudeau went by Margaret Kemper. She was married to Pierre Trudeau for a period of time, separated, I think after seven years. Uh, a very unhappy ma marriage. He beat her repeatedly. They, they were mutually unfaithful, but they technically stayed married until he was done as prime minister. She immediately remarried. Freed Kemper and was married to him longer than she was together with Pierre Trudeau. She changed her name to Margaret Kemper. It was only after her son became prime minister and she could rent herself out as a speaker to oily folks like the Kilbergers that she started to call herself uh, Margaret Trudeau, Trudeau again. She didn't call herself by her maiden name. She didn't call herself by her legal name. She just called herself a Trudeau so she could get rich and a roundabout way of doing it these two lads admitted it absolutely margaret trudeau has been important about two times in her life when she was the husband of a prime minister and when she was the mother of a prime minister and she's capitalizing on that um very very clearly and obviously here um the charity has no interest um in you know random qualified people to talk about mental health mm -hmm. which they mentioned about six times, by the way, that one stat, whenever they weren't able to actually say something or wanted to avoid 
uh, answering a question honestly because they were under oath. They would they would go back to exactly what Justin Trudeau would do. Like you said, they would say, they would go back to that fact. Oh, did you know one one in five young Canadians uh, have this issue? It's a, it's a terrible issue. It's something we got to deal with. Just like Justin Trudeau will say something along the lines of Canadians need to do better. We know that. We understand that. Mm-hmm. Just these platitudes that really mean nothing. Um, so it's it's clear from that line of questioning, not only are they still hiding more, and I bet you there's more to uncover, but they were paying Margaret Trudeau because she was Justin Trudeau's mother and for no other reason. Yeah. Um, and you'd think that someone who cares deeply about the charity of mental health would speak for free. Uh, Justin Trudeau, of course, himself build uh, you know, tr- even when he was an MP, he would charge for speeches about mental health, his favorite charity. So he would say, if it's your favorite charity, mate, why are you taking money away? Most people, when they do a charity, they give money to the charity. They don't take money yeah. from the charity. I really think that we're dealing with a crime family here on par with well, the Clinton crime family. And I just don't know who's worse, the Trudeaus or the Kielbergers. They really are mirror images of each other. Last word to you, Kian. Yeah, I'll just I'll just add something there to this. Um, the Kielberger brothers keep uh, throughout this whole testimony. They keep saying over and over again, "Oh, we weren't just paying them to come speak. The speaking was an honor to speak to about thirty thousand children. That was an honor. What we were paying them was to help us fundraise in smaller events after the fact. Like that somehow made it better." Everyone has their hand in it, in the cookie jar, and not only were the Kielberger brothers using their relationship with Justin Trudeau to score big on this nearly billion-dollar contract, they were using Justin Trudeau's family assets, his wealth, his power and prominence, to fundraise further for themselves after the fact. It's just this big circle of collecting money from Canadians for their own benefit. Yeah, um, my last thought is not one of them's going to jail, are they? Probably not. Yeah. Kian, great to see you. Keep up the good work. Folks, may I encourage you to go to auditwe.com. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back on my monologue last night. Sherry writes, The pandemic is absolutely over now. America's frontline doctors have just released a video that blows the mainstream media and government's narrative right out of the water. Masks are unnecessary. Hey, I watched a bit of that video and I was very interested in it. And then suddenly, beep, 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 it was deleted from Twitter, deleted from YouTube, deleted on Facebook. Why was that deleted? Who gets to decide which medical opinion is deleted or not? Uh, That's insane to me. Um, So you've got some left-wing intern like, I don't know, Tyler Dawson, uh, sitting in some Facebook office somewhere saying, I disagree with that medical opinion. That's nuts. On my interview with Joshua Phillip, Joni writes, the West better move quickly to bring back manufacturing, especially medical ingredients, considering over 80% of it comes from China. You're exactly right. You know what's interesting? I was uh, reading a story, and I mentioned this in my book, China Virus, that the government of Japan is actually paying Japanese companies to reshore their factories back in Japan. The government's just paying for it. And you might say, oh, that's crazy, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But if you don't, you might have no pharmaceutical sector at all. And compared to the massive costs inflicted on the world by this pandemic, it's probably a savings. And hey, bring the jobs back. Devin writes, 
awesome, the two channels telling us the truth together for an interview. Thanks to both of you for getting the truth out there to us. Down with Trudeau and the CCP. You know, I really like that Joshua Phillip of the Epoch Times. I find him really even keeled, very calm, but very clear and tough too. I like the Epoch Times, and these days, we need all the allies we can find. Well, my friends, that's the show for today. What do you think of the latest censorship coming from the National Post? I used to work at the National Post, you think, I think you might know. I was there in the early days, from 99 to 2001, if I believe. It was a great paper then. Freedom was everything. Now, they're just a bunch of whiny censors. We've got to fight back. All right. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom.